Hi everyone and welcome to this bonus episode of the Therapeutic Rainbow where I'm very happy to welcome Bex of author of Mum's The Word. So welcome Bex and thank you very much for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. So do you want to tell us a bit about who you are and your background? Yeah so I'm Bex, Rebecca Oxtoby, um, the author of Mum's The Word. I'm also a speech and language therapist by day but on maternity leave I released a book um, documenting the truth behind life with a newborn, I guess in all of its shit-stained glory, it's uh, it's brutally honest, as you're very aware. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just kind of taken off from there, I think. So what made you decide to do that? Because as I said earlier, I read the book in like 24 hours. It's a very easy read, but it's a very honest read as well. So what made you do it? Yeah, I never intended for it to be a book. I think looking back now at the time I was, I know I was suffering with postnatal depression. I was on medication for it and had been to counselling and my outlet was writing. So I used to write down some of the funny things that I spotted with my daughter, some of the strange things I'd never known would even happen with the child and kind of my experiences of the change of my identity my relationship um my friendships who I was my relationship with my body all of these things I'd just jot down because they were swirling around my head and I couldn't quite understand what was happening to me in a way um so I wrote it all down into little chapters and I shared it with my brother and his girlfriend and they said, you, you've got to get this out there. They don't have children. But they were like, you've got to get this out there because this is this is honest. This is really relatable. It's kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit as well because it is brutally honest. I think there's, there's things that I said in there that people thought but would never dream to say out loud. Um, so, yeah, he pushed me in a way to turn it into a book and we... We rejig some of the chapters to turn it into a really easy alphabetical format. And then it just took off from there. So how, what's the response been to the book? Have you had people that have been negative towards it? Because as we said earlier, there's a lot of swearing and it is honest, <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it first came out, the Daily Mail did a piece on it. And there were a few comments that said... Um, I don't know who parents think they are these days. My mum had eight children and she didn't complain about it once. Everybody is a snowflake nowadays. And <laughs> it, I guess for me, a part of me wanted to respond and go, and is your mum the leader of the service in the NHS? And does this, this and this? Because I guess at that time, or even like, would your mum have ever told you as the child that they were struggling with their mental health? No, that poor woman had eight children, no idea how she yeah. did it. But I don't think that someone's experience should then negate somebody else's experience. Um, so that was the only real negative comments that I've had. I've had so many lovely comments from people who I don't know, who've just sent me a message and said, I was given this at a baby shower. And it's, it's the best thing anyone's ever bought me because you've just made me realise that I'm not a bad mum. And that that realisation of, yeah, this is a bit difficult, this is hard, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not super mum, but nobody else is super mum, is exactly what I wanted people to get from it, I think. 
Absolutely, because I don't think, as we've spoken about, there is that manual. I think you go in, and I've spoken to other people about it, you go in thinking, right, I want to be a mum. I know I want to be a mum. It might take you quite a while to become a mum. And then suddenly you're left and you might have done the NCT classes. But for me, being pregnant with twins, when I went to the NCT class, I remember them saying, Tash, this bit's not relevant to you. Tash, this bit won't make sense to you because you won't be able to do it that way. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to do it then? And actually there isn't that manual. And it was my, as you put in the book, it was my friends that got me through because they were the people that were also up at four o'clock in the morning and trying to work out this feeding business. And Yeah. And it's having that network, I think, of real mums who don't just tell you that it's going to be okay I was annoyed with a lot of my friends for not telling me how difficult it was and I don't even think if they told me at the time I would have believed them because you don't know until you're in the moment and it's not it's not difficult like a difficult you've ever experienced before it's not like a hard exam that you can revise for it's not like a climb up Everest that you can train for you have no prep and you can read all the books in the world but the baby won't read the book so the baby doesn't know what they have to do yeah absolutely and I was like oh god there's two of them what did I do <laughs> and someone was like let them sleep let the baby sleep and I was like no no if one's awake they're both awake and yeah. I remember friends and family saying no you should leave the other one to sleep I was like no because then I'm Cause not then you're living off two <laughs> different routines yeah. then But absolutely, I think if there was more honesty out there, more kind of, and that's why I've set the podcast up and everything, it's actually, I want parents to know that it's not exactly as you read the book, but also it's okay to not be okay too. Yeah, yeah. I wish if there was one thing that I could change about the first book, it would be my acknowledgement of a diagnosis of postnatal depression, because you can see through reading it that, I am struggling with a lot of emotions in there and it's very raw and it's very relatable to brand new mums who are in the midst of it all. But I wish that I'd have put a label on it to say to people, it's actually okay to have this label too. And in the next one, I explain quite clearly why I didn't talk about it the first time round. And I mean, look at my life, I have a lovely house, a nice car, an amazing job, a fabulous husband, an amazing family. I'm not the one that should get postnatal depression, but God doesn't pick the people. It's not a base on, oh, well, she's got a nice car, so that's not going to apply to her. You feel guilty because you think, but why should I feel, why should I feel sad? I've got everything. And I think that's what I wanted to make really I guess I just wanted to know that it's okay like I just wanted people to know that it's common and it's okay and you can come out of the other side and whilst I don't think that I've cracked it yet I'm okay with knowing that I'm not the best mum in the world but I'm the best mum I can be to Isabel. Absolutely it's all about that being good enough and I think Mm. there's so much out there now about kind of the pressures that we put on ourselves and why we do that and actually everything I'm doing is just to say to people it's okay to be good enough it's okay to 
not have a good week like this is going to go live when I've not had a good week for varying reasons and actually it's about saying that's okay let's put it out there let's see what happens what's the worst that can happen if I'm not the smiley tash that everyone sees me on a 99% and kind of flipping that taking the mask down and as you say being more real and honest yeah I think the book has been a bit of a cop-out in a way because it was a very easy thing to just write down I've not read it back because I don't I don't know if I'm ready to read there's some chapters in there which are really kind of hard-hitting in terms of who I am as a person the fact that I found it really underwhelming and it was boring sitting at home with this baby that did nothing and I put everything into them and they would give me nothing back and the book said sit and talk to them and you'll get them to engage with you and she'll look at me and then the only reason that she's staring at me is because she's doing poo at the same time there was never a a, I, I just never felt like I got the feedback that everybody was hyping it up to be but actually now she's 21 months old now and she's incredible she she just makes me laugh every day so the the output will come you just need to wait for it I think absolutely and did you feel pressure with the job that you do to did you put that pressure on yourself as well I know as a therapist as well I do that all the time yeah so speech and language therapists are dual trained so you're trained in children and adults and whilst I work in adults everybody knows that I'm a speech therapist and everybody expects or I don't even know if everyone expects it or I expected it but there was no way that my child was going to be delayed in speech. I, I couldn't have let that happen. And I mean, it's funny because unless you're a, a therapist or unless you are really read up, people don't even know what age kids are meant to do stuff. But I was like, right, she should be doing this now. And, and actually she's what, 21 months and she's stringing sentences together. And I'm like, good. That, that's what I expect of you I, I expect to be pushing you more but I was pushed a lot as a child and Danny wasn't or Danny's um Danny's not as academic as me I'm very very academically driven so I think we have a nice balance but I don't want to be that person who pushes her too much because I know the impact of that there's a lot of kind of psychological stuff oh, if yeah. you go into how to push your own kids I guess oh yeah I remember when the girls started school and the teacher t- well so what in September and the teacher goes oh they're very good with talking about their emotions aren't they and I was like yes I've cracked <laughs> it and then when the overwhelming emotions come because they know that they can express it I'm like oh dear I wish yeah. I shouldn't do that right now because now I'm overanalyzing why they're being really angry or yeah. really sad or yeah and to everybody on the outside, you go, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then I guess you get the feedback and you think, right, I need to do it more. I need to do it more. Put the yeah. pressure on. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the next book about then? What can we expect in the next book? It documents the transition for me back to being a working mum. So coming off maternity leave, going back to a working role the role that you did before you had a baby as well. So fitting into that kind of pre-baby identity and then the move for her from baby to toddler. And I was speaking to um, Bear magazine before, which is like a mum's magazine. 
And I said to them, she said, well, what, what's the difference between the two books? And it's the first time I'd really evaluated what the difference was. And I think in the first one, Isabel was obviously very passive as a child. She was, things were, it was more about me and my emotions and things that were happening as a result of her. Whereas now the content is very much toddler driven. So the funny things that she does, like yesterday we went to Asda and she just shouted fire in the middle of the supermarket. And I was like, and everybody looked at me and started panicking. And I was like, there's no fire. I'm so sorry. And I didn't even know that she knew about fires, but it was so beautifully well-timed. Like, I just thought kids are amazing because they're they're so unpredictable that that needs to be documented this crazy life that they live in their little heads absolutely I wish sometimes that I'd started some kind of notebook from the very beginning to now because some of the lines they come up with like we were having a conversation only this morning about numbers and Anya was like my favorite number three and I said why and she went because it's just a bit odd isn't it and moved on as if that was a normal <laughs> sentence to have and I think oh I should be writing me down and I should yeah. be remembering them later and and how have you found kind of lockdown and working and um I think because it's the NHS I've been in since I come back from maternity leave in June my husband also has been at work full time so because she's been at nursery it's like life is existing as normal but we don't get the fun bits of going to places of a weekend but I guess we're really lucky because we've not had that financial worry we've not had the threat of our jobs being lost um and in a way it's given us more time to have to be creative so of a weekend to think right we can go for a walk we can go to the park or we can do some bits in the house, what can we do? So we've started being creative and playing things with her at home, which has been quite nice. I think it's just difficult missing family, isn't it? But that's everybody's situation. And I guess for Isabel being so young, not to see family and stuff, and for them to notice the little changes, and because I guess she doesn't really get fate. I mean, my two struggle at five on FaceTime, so. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, and she... She knows all of the family members. So she, she's got a little book that we made with all pictures of everybody that we name. So she knows who they all are, but it makes me really sad because if we do see them, say if we went for a walk with my mum or whatever, not necessarily my mum, but say like my brother who she doesn't see regularly, she is quite weary and she would never be like that. Like before all of this, Adam would look after her every week. So it, it's those things that make me really sad and I think it must be hard for him as well because he he knows that he's not been able to spend as much time with her as he wanted to but they're so resilient I know that she'll be absolutely fine I know that their relationship will be fine it's just a bit crap now because you think oh but it'd be lovely if you could just take her away for a weekend and I could weed the path or clean the fluff out of the tumble dryer (laughs) yeah Absolutely. So is it again another kind of honest book with yeah. that transition? Yeah, um, it's, I don't know how to write any other way. I think it's just me, very informal, very honest. 
it's in the same alphabet structure because I've had so many people say how amazing that's been to just dip in and out of and I know because I like to read myself you always want to get to the end of a chapter and this gives you a lot of chances to get to the end of something which is quite nice absolutely and I think having that kind of alphabet made it funny because I was like oh what's she gonna write for that letter there's no <laughs> word to do with mum I can't remember where I got to and I was like ah oh, yeah I haven't thought like that <laughs> yeah it's definitely how, harder yeah. the second time around because I've tried not to use the same words oh, wow, like, okay. I haven't got two words for Q I don't know what to do <laughs> oh yeah but questions for a toddler how many times can they ask you oh. God, why? But why, mummy? Why do I need to go to bed? But why? And I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. You just do it with the rules. <laughs> it's mummy time. <laughs> yeah. So what's the hope for the future? Kind of what messages are you hoping to get out there with this book, with your last book? I just want mums to get rid of that super mum pretense that we've got on social media somebody told me a word toxic positivity and or a, a phrase toxic positivity and that has stuck in my head so much because it's this social media generation where everything looks so beautiful and so white baby grows and all of this that's just not sustainable so I think I just want people to know that it's okay to be like oh she's shat on that baby grow so I'm gonna have to put her in this mismatched outfit instead because that's life absolutely my um and sure I know she'll be listening but my sister's about to drop any minute so uh, I'm gonna order the book because I've read it on kindle and send it over to uh, her thank so you. she can see what parent I mean she's seen it from me but she's seen double yeah. trouble so I think it's different yeah. anyway. So I don't know how you did it with twins. I guess you don't know any different, but just the the ratio of like adults to children, when it was two to one, it wasn't that bad. But when you've got two to two, then you're like, no, I've, I've got one all the time. Yeah, I think like, as you say, I didn't know any different though. They are yeah. the only ones in my life, whereas my best friend had one and then had twins. Like I've always said, hats off to her. You sat a far too close to me because you got the twin bug. But two, like you've done it when you knew what to do with just one, and then two yeah. have suddenly come your way. So, did she think that it was easier because she'd had experience with one, or was it harder? I guess because you have to do the one thing twice. Yeah, and I think because you were then looking after the toddler. Yeah. As well, so she, yeah. She is superwoman. There's definitely something in the water where you live, though. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) but again, it's like once you once you're pregnant with twins, or once you've had twins, they seem to be everywhere. Yeah, I never knew anyone with twins. Yeah, it's like when you go to IKEA when you're pregnant, and everyone in the world's pregnant. Yeah, spot it all the time. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think we just need to keep together in the world with Instagram with all our connections that we've made is just putting out that message that you can drop the mum mask it doesn't need to be there yeah and find yourself as well you don't need to be mum all the time I I think that really helped when I went back to work because I had another role because being mum 24-7 just doesn't suit me it doesn't challenge me enough and I think maybe that's got something to do with why I wrote the books because I needed a challenge. 
I think going back to work and, and working in a really busy environment, pandemic or no pandemic, has meant that I need to push myself in a different way. And I've said in this second book, going back to work made me a better mum because when I come back and I spend time with Isabel, I appreciate it so much more. Absolutely. I mean, I went back after four months with the girls. Oh, my because, God. Again, my career, I'm self-employed. Yeah. It's what makes me me. Yeah. And I have many conversations with many people about, oh, it's too early, Tash. I'm like, yeah, but my career is so important to me. And I love the girls, 100%. Anyone that knows me will know that. But I yeah. also 100% love my job. And I'm never yeah. going to choose. And I love my running. And I love who I am without all of that as well. So yeah, I'm not going to stop any of it. I will find ways of fitting it yeah. all in. And I want the girls to see that. I want them to grow up knowing what I'm doing and going back to the numbers conversation this morning it was Holly was like well I like the number seven because there's seven colors in a rainbow and you're all about a rainbow mummy and I was like yeah oh I love that yeah Um... actually I want them to know that mummy is working and mummy's building up a business and helping people and we're at a really lovely time actually with equality for women and women in the workplace really taking a stand now being able to be in these senior positions being able to set up their own businesses and get support in doing so so I think this is a real turning point for us to show our girls what we can do and what they can achieve and I am so passionate about that like I don't I don't ever want anything from Danny I've got my own money I've got my own life in that respect because that's what you work for that's what you that's what you are that is who you are isn't it I was that person before Isabel and I will continue to be that person and one day she will make her millions and be able to look after me and it's because I've told her that that's what she can do I know I'm waiting for Anya to take on the stage and yeah, oh, find yeah. her way. Yeah, <laughs> and help me. Although she tells me she's working in the Rainbow Centre, I was like, no, 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 you um, need to earn me millions. Yeah. <laughs> so thinking about that, then, if you, you know, you've listened to a few. If you had a pot of gold at the end of your rainbow, what would yours be filled with? This is so hard. This is such a hard question. I think. I think eventually I would like another child. So I think completing the family would be there. Um, I guess as well, I have to say the success of the book because I'm so driven by success, rightfully or wrongly, that is who I am. So I think watching that continue to be a success is really kind of my part of the gold at the end of the rainbow. But also just to see Isabel coming out of this pandemic and building relationships with families and friends. Like there's one thing on a bloody EYFS framework of if she saw somebody who was upset, would she go and give them a cuddle? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen her with somebody who's upset. So yeah, coming out of this, well and safe and happy and being get back to normal life and I know that's a massive pot but that that's that's, that's ultimately where I think that like yeah yeah 
So thank you so much for coming. And I just want the listeners that are listening to this just to know that you can drop that mask. You can be whoever you want to be and you've got this. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Take care for now. Bye-bye.